What's up and welcome to the Indie Credible Podcast, episode three, season seven. Uh, sorry, season seven, episode three. Uh, sorry, I've got that wrong. Season seven. <laughs> season three, episode seven. I'm having a nightmare here. Um, <laughs> a, a weekly podcast. We get together and chat about the world of indie game. We go for all the indie games we've been playing. We go for the latest indie game news. Uh, and we cover our main topic. This week's main topic is pretty chilled at the moment, obviously, with the whole lockdown situation going on. Lots of games are getting delayed or pushed back. Uh, everything's kind of still up in the air with when it comes to some stuff. So the the main topics are more discussions uh, at the moment. And the discussion this week is going to be based around downline sharing uh, an indie game each that we recommend you guys check out if you are in lockdown or, or self-isolating or quarantine or however it's being referred to in your country. And uh, it's something that, yeah, so we've played a lot of indie games and it's just a recommendation that we can give you guys. But uh, that's the main topic. Before we get there, we've got tons of stuff to go through. And joining me, as always, is Dan from At The Dice Bear. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? I am good. Well, I am good because even though the world around me is crumbling down, my whole family is safe and happy. Uh, and, it, and it's birthday week. It is birthday week. We're celebrating everyone's birthdays. It is everyone as that's important. Yeah, as, um. as we mentioned earlier in, in the Patreon section, uh, which you can get over on Patreon.com forward slash Indiecredible One Dollar a Month if you guys are interested in getting some pre and post show content. But as we, uh, as you mentioned, it is uh, it was my birthday yesterday, your brother's birthday today, your birthday Sunday, Trev, who's our page, one of our patrons' birthday on Monday. Uh, so we've got loads going on, and it's our other one of our one of our other patrons, uh, Brian. His son's birthday this weekend as well. Yeah, so it's, uh, I think he's seventeen or something like that. Yeah, which he's get, getting oh. getting there, right? Getting there. It's is um, is, is Canada. Do you have to be twenty one in Canada to drink? I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know. You probably just. I was just thinking, we'll we'll crack a beer for him anyway. Yeah, we'll crack a beer for you. <laughs> Why not? Happy birthday, mate. Um, hang on, hang on. Let, let me do that. Let me do that. I will crack a beer for you. <laughs> I don't actually have any beers we'll get, here. We'll there you go. Right up. Ah, oh, look at that. Dan's, Dan's on the beer already. Happy birthday. Um, yes, happy birthday. And uh, and and if you're celebrating a birthday this weekend, happy birthday to you guys as well. But you'll notice that we don't have Tom with us today. Tom is literally, his message in Discord before the podcast, about an hour before podcast, is I can't come today, guys. I'm off my nut. Um, yeah, yeah. in bed off my nut that's all he said didn't, didn't give any context to it he's in bed off of his nut so um, I mean leave that as you will it's, I was wondering for years why he can never remember games that we talk about or games he's played and I think we've just found out but yeah so we did, as I said this is a weekly podcast where we chat about uh, the world of indie gaming we always kick off with what we have been playing and uh, this week we've uh, we've both been playing a few games we did say in the Patreon section that we have played a ton of Division, or oh, sorry, Division 2, to specify that and uh, and be uh, more specific and, and explain that. But yeah, we played a lot of Division 2. We're enjoying that a lot at the moment. Obviously, it's not an indie game. But we have also played a few indie games as well. So, Dan, do you want to kick off with indie games you've been checking out recently, or do you want me to kick off, buddy? You can start this week. Okay. Uh, so, as I just mentioned, obviously, Div 2 has been the main game I've been sinking time into. It's just a nice game to play. Uh together as a team or as a group of friends, whatever you want to call it uh, at the moment. I've also been playing a bit of ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, but I won't go into too much of that because that's in our Patreon section. So stick with the indie games. Uh, the first game I'm going to talk about is a deck builder that I played recently and finished recently called Ancient Enemy. Um, it's a deck builder by Grey Alien Games. And it's one I... I know Trev, actually, the pa our Patreon, was... Um, I saw he wishlisted it and was interested by it. And I... 
I heard about it about six months ago, then completely forgot about it. I then was going to go and buy it. And then was like, wait a minute, I've re- I've, I remember getting an email about this recently. So I checked the email only to find out that any, the email had a key attached to it. So I was in a fortunate position where I just had a key ready to download. Uh, so I, I downloaded the game. It is, if you're interested after what I talk about the game about, it's it's uh, 15 quid, I think, full price. Uh, I think it's on sale at the moment for about 11 quid. Um, yeah, it's eleven thirty nine on Steam at the moment. Oh, there you go, eleven thirty nine. The joy of doing this um, over Discord is you can just check as you go. Yeah. Um, so eleven thirty nine. Now it's definitely worth eleven thirty nine. Now it's more. I thought sitting here and saying, oh, it's more of a puzzle game than it is a deck builder makes no sense because deck building games are puzzle games, oh, right? Puzzle games, yeah. Um, but what I mean by that is the way it plays out, and it kind of caught me off guard at the, the beginning. Is each scenario, situation, puzzle, fight, however you want to refer to it plays out in classic uh, higher or lower fashion. So there's a there's a deck at the bottom. They draw a card off the top. If it's a nine, then you've got to click on either a seven or a... Sorry, an eight or a, a zero to then keep a combo, like a combo going. It's a, a very... It, the kind of layout of cards is very much like, I'm going to pronounce this terribly wrong and Dan's going to correct me. What is that Chinese game called? Mah- Mahjong? Mahjong. Mahjong, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like Mahjong tile. So it's not exactly, the game Mahjong. Yeah. It's the stacking tile game where you've got to do Exactly. Yeah, so you, you then clear a card off the top of them and you can open up other ones. And there's there's these key cards that then unlock whole sections of the, the Mahjong tile style um, board. And you kind of play like that. Now, the, the puzzles are very much a case of... It, it has that mobile formula in terms of you're graded between one, two, and three stars for every stage. Uh, the puzzle sections are a case of you need to get through, basically you need to clear the puzzle before you get through your deck of cards to um, to get three stars. And every time you go for a deck of cards, you then go down to two stars and, and things like that. Uh, they're not too hard. And the way the combat works or the, the fighting situations work or scenarios is you the deck building comes in, you building out your kind of loadout and abilities and that be passive abilities and card abilities. And then you build these combos in this high or lower format. So let's say I get a combo up to like 12. That will increase my magic attack by X amount. I mean, I could do magic attack. And the magic attack card might have, say, it's an ice attack. If my combo is over 10, then it will slow down my opponent's recharge of their abilities. So you have all these kind of um, statuses that kind of stack on on top of each other. You you are loaded out with a physical attack, a magic attack, and a, a defense. Um, and then you kind of change your loadout going into every fight. You can click a button to see what your opponent is uh, weak against, what they're strong against, and what kind of attacks they do. So then you might have a magic defense card. You then maybe have a low physical attack card, but then you'll focus on dark magic because they, they're not strong against dark magic. And maybe they, I can't remember, what dark magic increases the skull card damage, I believe, by X amount on, on the board. And it, that's where the deck building comes into it, and then it more plays out this puzzle situation. And like for the most part, I really, really enjoyed it. And I don't want to sound bad when I say for the most part. The reason I say that is the so there's like ten chapters to play through, and they're pretty meaty chapters. I think if I check my Steam page now, uh, uh, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm pretty sure like I've got around about ten hours in the game to um, to finish. That's how long it took to basically get through the um the the main campaign the, the 10 chapters and yeah. it's um like it was enjoyable 10 hours where it came unenjoyable was basically yeah there you go yeah 10 hours the last two chapters had this really they kind of really heavily went 
well, it felt like they heavily went down the RNG route in terms of, I basically would, I would start a hand or I'd start up an encounter and the card would be seven at the bottom of the screen on the deck. And I would look around and go, oh, there's no, there's no big combos. I just restart the game, restart the game, restart the game. Oh, cool. I've got a six card combo I can do straight off the bat now. And it kind of was, it, it felt like it was sometimes it was just making it too hard like it was giving me two card combos and then the enemy was doing massive damage to me and I was just like well I'm just on the back foot so I can just quick keep restarting the game and that just it kind of took away the enjoyment of it because I was basically just manipulating the opening hand to be in my favor every time and I wasn't being punished for it and it just felt like it was the easiest way to get the free stars and I managed to get free stars on every sub chapter of every chapter basically every stage of every yeah. chapter uh, and that was just, that was it. Kind of left. It went. It basically meant I had eight hours of really enjoyable gameplay, and ended up with about an hour and a half, two hours of just kind of like oh, I'm just getting through this now because I want to finish the game. Um, but don't you think that's a problem with any sort of CCG? Is that or anything like this? Is in the end you're dealing with an RNG. You you kind of end up fighting again. Yeah, I mean. Yes, I do think that's the case, but I think, but I think where the, that comes in is like if we compare this to another deck builder, something like Slave of Spire, right? Yeah, Slave of Spire gives you what Slave of Spire does so well, and the reason it is the most watched deck builder on Twitch, and it, it will be for a long time, is because it gives you every everything in your arsenal to win the game, right? Like it's about learn learning the cards, learning the situations, learning scenarios, and, and playing the game. And the RNG in that game is is obviously there because card draw, but it's it's minim- a lot less. Whereas I feel like Ancient Enemy, just kind of the way the puzzles were set up at the end was just like, oh, this is deliberately made hard because of like it's it's deliberately giving me a tough start. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and it was just a case of oh, well, I'll just keep skipping through it until you give me a good start. Like, and it, I wasn't punished for doing that. Maybe they should turn around and say, no, you can't restart the game. Like, you can't just restart. You can't redraw the hand. You just you're stuck with what you open with. Um, and it, it also came down to the fact that the AI was always scripted to do the same um, kind of sequence of attacks. So towards the end, what you could do is like you could basically play a game out four or five times and then make notes of what they would do next. Yeah, so I, mean, I could you know what they're going to do. Change my build yeah. around and be like, well, I'm just going to run ice to make you slow and then do this damage here. And like that's how I get my free stars, which is... It kind of then it's a way of manipulating against the RNG and it's just a shame because for the eight hours leading up to the final two chapters, I was constantly like, oh, I'm going to play this game on hardcore and I'm going to get every achievement in the game because I'm really enjoying it. And the last two chapters finished and I was like, I'm just not playing that game again. Like, And it was just a shame that that's kind of how it flipped on its head. Um, but yeah, it, I mean... it's if, if you're looking for a deck building puzzle game, it's, it's definitely fun. It has something going there. Um... It just is a case of just be willing to get like trudge through the last couple of chapters because they aren't nearly as fun as the opening eight chapters. Um, well, you've also given away how to deal with it now. Just restart that. <laughs> that that's just, it, basically. You know. Yeah, that is it. So um, there's certain ways of breaking, not breaking the game, but of really kind of like again manipulating the game. Um, but yeah, it's it, it 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 is fun. Like I can't sit here and say it's not fun. It is fun. Do you like? If I paid the 11 quid for it now, would I have been disappointed? Absolutely not. I got 10 hours out of the game, eight yeah. hours that was really enjoyable. So I'm being quite harsh on it. And also remember, if anyone's listening, that I come from a kind of card background, card game background. 
So anytime I play these, I'm always looking for ways of breaking them. Um, I just it's just card games are what I enjoy playing, and and uh, when I've played so many deck building games, anyway, it's just um, this was just it just kind of fell a little bit dead uh, towards the end, anyway. But um, the other game I've been playing, uh, and I do have to give a disclosure here as well, uh, is Chroma Bloom and Blight. Uh, the reason I have to give this disclosure here is. Uh, a company I run, Neon Bedlam. We, I am, I am actively employed by the developers, which are just recently announced, as in about an hour ago. But they're now going under the name Clarity Games. Um, but I am employed by them to do <laughs> marketing for the game. So I am marketing the Kickstarter campaign. So take that with a pinch of salt, all you want. That yes, effectively. I, I, I feel I should add that I'm not in any no. way yeah. employed or given money by these people. No. In, so don't yeah. worry. There'll be an unbiased. Uh, yeah. But I just, I just wanted to get it out there because before people go, oh wait a minute, I found this out. Like, because you know what people are like. But yeah. just saying that, like, okay. But what I will say is, uh, as soon as I was approached, and as soon as um, or I got in conversations with the devs, and they mentioned it was CCG, and it was the story based CCG, I was like, well, you're literally saying all the buzzwords that I love. Okay, so let me just play the game. Um, so. The game has got a full playable demo. It has got a Kickstarter campaign going now. What's very impressive is, is that it is an alpha build of the demo. So you're missing pretty much like 80% of card art. You have a lot of dev art in there at the moment. But there is the demo has the full a full 160 playing cards and 16 leaders at the moment and full deck building opportunities as ranked gameplay, as casual gameplay, as AI gameplay, as tutorial. Like it has it's basically a game, just without the art at the moment. Um so yeah, I, I kind of downloaded a demo, played a bit of the demo, and was like, oh, I'll give this a go before I actually agree to anything with these guys. And I instantly really enjoyed it. It's a very charming little game. It does that classic thing that CCGs do nowadays when pretty much every mechanic has been tried or tested. So what they do is they find their way of doing that mechanic and build on it. So don't expect, like, there's Awaken abilities. I think they're, they're called Dawn abilities in this game. Uh, there's Demise abilities or Death abilities. Uh, they're called Dusk Abilities in, in Chroma. Um, but what really... So what stands out to me uh, already is that their focus on narrative and like meaningful card interactions. And that comes through their monetization. And again, this is, again, not final yet because the game's on a Kickstarter uh, campaign at the moment. What their aim is when the game goes live is to have every card is available to everyone from the start. Like... They, they don't want to do set releases in terms of every three months we release a new expansion set. They want to just release cards whenever they want to. They want to have like story chapters go off and go and they release one or two cards at a time that kind of play in with that story. Um, and the idea of being is they want to make a really competitive game. And their idea of a competitive game directly from the devs was, is the fact that, well, if everyone has access to the cards from the beginning, then it's, surely it's super competitive because anyone can build any deck they want. Uh, monetization comes through um, cosmetics and, and alternate card art and all that jazz. Now, the demo has all cards available from the start. There's no packs. There is, there's nothing like that. Um, and it kind of like the story stuff in there, it does, it's very early stages, but it's definitely there. There's like stuff that you read when you get certain, like you get double stack of cards out and they kind of combine with each other. And it's similar to what uh, Gwent, used to do not so much anymore when like you'd play a, a certain witch i mean if you played another witch in the next side it had done like an extra ability on it and it had that kind of that story element going through it all but as a base ccg 
because that's kind of what I have to look at this game as for now. And as a CCG fan, regardless of business transactions aside, the um, it it is a fun, it is a fun and rather adorable CCG, and it's got it's got some nice mechanics in there that I'm looking forward to seeing how they elaborate on them further. It's I don't want to sit here and say it it completely shakes up the world of CCGs. Um, I don't want to sit here and say it's the most complex CCG I've ever played. I still think, in terms of ownership on pilot in a deck, I still think Mythgard has that for me at the moment because it's just a case of there's like 15 to 20 outs every single play in Mythgard. It, it, that's just the way it is, and that's why so many people stepped away from the game because they openly said this is just too difficult. Um, but it definitely has something, and it has a free demo. So I'd recommend, if you're a CCG fan, a card, playing, a card game fan, you got on Steam now and, and check the demo out. And it is, it is, it's one I'm definitely as a fan, like because I've backed the game as well. So I should say that I have backed the game on on, on Kickstarter uh, with my own money and um, because I'm interested to see where they go with it and and how it plays out. But it's it's a CCG that I'm definitely interested in, and I I recommend to card game fans. Uh, I'm just slightly apprehensive that it's going to end up falling into another ccg category if that makes sense well from from what i've seen i haven't played the game but from what i've seen it's hearthstone yeah it's got it's um, very similar arts work to hearthstone yeah yeah it's, it's very much hearthstone i do really like the idea that they've gone for all the cards for everyone it's about how you play so it's not a like yeah. magic and these other ones it's about it's about how much you spend yeah or how much packs you've opened so it's not really about skill it's about how much money you've put into it. Yep. Um, so I like that idea. Problem is, CG, CCGs and deck builders and all of that lot have to do something more now. We've got so many of them yeah. that we've got to have something more than, well, here's another uh, a card game. Because all that happens is people figure out what the meta is, and that's all you see. Yeah. Everyone plays these basic set decks, and it's boring. It's really boring. I mean, it, it's, and, it's, and that's what I want to see from this game. If this game's going to do something, it needs to be something more than just a card game. I yeah. love the fact they've given out all the cards. I like the fact they've got monetization through their, you know, the the visuals and all of that. Because that way, you're saying, you know what, I really like your game, and I'm willing to help you keep going. Yeah. That's what we should do as players. If you like a game, support it, give it, yeah. money, do bits like that. Perfect, love it. Um, but. I, Another CCG? Do we really need another CCG? I mean, you're always going to get them right. And it's like saying, do we need another Call of Duty? Do we need another Football Manager? The like, answer's no. Just... No, we don't need another no. Call of Duty. No, but I they make money. That's the thing. Do we need another Fortnite? Yeah, um, fuck that. I care about making money. But, um, I'm yeah. I'm not a fucking teacher. I, do. I never went to making money. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. I like, so, so at the moment, if anyone's listening and they're thinking, well, because... There's a big argument around the whole... So, for example, let's take Legends of Runeterra, which basically has everything... Every card in the game is earned through playing, not through buying. You can't buy the cards in Legends of Runeterra. You just play it and earn the cards. And there's a big argument around saying, well, if you give all the cards to people straight off the bat, then you don't keep people around because there's no progression. People like progression in a game and there's no reason to keep coming back. You just have the cards there. And I, I get there's an argument for that, but I also... The, the route, I think, well, the route that the developers are aiming to take on um, on Chroma are the progression comes through these story progressions. Uh, they have actually got a name for it. Law something is what it's called. And basically, it's 
you level up and you get a new kind of animated cutscene about a set cards or a set group of things and you kind of find out more about the overarching story going on in the game. Now, I do agree that what you said, playing against meta decks is boring, but that's boring for people like us. Like, competitive players love that. They love finding out the meta and then playing the same deck against another deck competitive to beat them. Competitive players are very small um, amount. They are, they are. They're, they're not the top... going to keep the company going. No, they're the top 1%. Right? They are the top 1% of a player base. Maximum yeah. 2% are your hardcore you, competitive you, players. You don't go for those um, people. No, you don't. And if, if you go... Successful, it didn't go for that top 1%. Yeah. He said, look, anyone can do this. Even you, Mr. Loser. Yeah. And everyone yeah. jumped onto it. And if you're gonna go if you're gonna go for that that crowd, then you you're looking at a lot of money because you need to offer an esports scene with a decent, like sizable prize fund. Otherwise they're not gonna be interested. Like like that that breed of player, if you look at Gwent, for example, and I can use Gwent as an example here because it's it's not a triple A card game. Compare when you compare it to something like Hearthstone, you compare it to Magic, or you even compare it to Legends of Terror. But that esports scene there is there because CDPR have the funds for, from other IPs to throw the money at the esports scene. You then look at something like Mythgard, and it doesn't have the the, the diehard e, like competitive scene there because Rhino are like, well, no, we're not focused on the competitive players. It's a competitive game, play competitive as much as you want, but. We're not looking to get that top 1% in. That's why we haven't got an esports scene at the moment. So it's, yeah, like I don't think you should cater for that group there. Um, but like you said, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how they, how the game development of the game progresses. Um, I do. I, I still think they need to offer more than just a card game. Think of um, Pyre, for instance. Yeah. So Pyre had this game and they interrupted it with story parts. How much do we really care about the story? Yeah, 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 we didn't. We found it got in the way. So if its progression is here's some story, well, I, I don't care about your story. Yeah. So do you think something like um, like Mythgard? Like again, I go back to Mythgard because my my knowledge is in well, it's been delayed now. It was maybe in August, but I think it's been pushed back to January, obviously with COVID nineteen situation. Mythgard is with one launch is uh, releasing a single player roguelike campaign like Slave Aspire within the game. So you've got a competitive CCG, but then the same cards can be used as this kind of single player roguelike game. Do you think that's brilliant? That's a good way of going. Well this I think is... that's great. I think that because then that allows players to learn the cards in different ways. It gives them another reason to come to this, especially if they take the Slay the Spire idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all trying to fight to destroy this heart. I mean I still play Slay the Spire. Yeah. I don't jump on it as much as I did, but I still jump on it. Yeah. Um and because it gives me that something else. I'm I'm aiming towards something bigger. Yeah. In there. And I don't care about the story of Slay the Spire. I couldn't even tell you what the story was now. <laughs> yeah. I'm some dude, I've got to beat these guys, let me collect the cards, fight the monsters on the way out. Whatever. Yep. Magic the Gathering. I don't know what the story is. Yeah. Yeah. I just know I'm gonna I know exactly what deck you're playing within the first two cards you play. Yeah. And that that gets very boring. So th- for Chroma to succeed, and yet again, I want to reiterate, I love the fact they've given all the cards out. Yeah. Because, yes, that's a dangerous thing to do in a world which is very moved towards, well, if you want to make money, you need to have these tiers of loot. Yeah. You need yeah, to have these ways to show that you're better than someone else because you have X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This is going, no, forget that. Everyone's on an equal playing field. It's about how smart you are. Yeah, and when I and that's a scary thing to do as a company to 
put it in the hands of people and go, this is about you being clever. And if you're clever, we're going to get this. But I just think where we are in this this period where we've got so many CCGs and TCGs, you need to offer that something else. Yeah. No, I agree. I do agree. I completely agree. But that's basically what I've been playing. Chroma and H&M, two card games in terms of in on the indie game front. That is what I've been... Uh, been diving into and playing. Dan, uh, what have you been checking out indie game wise, buddy? So obviously if you've been if you paid us that sweet sweet cash, uh, you know we've been playing Hell Let Loose a little while ago. Yes, we which did, yeah. was just so tense. I've never felt so tense during a game. Yeah, it is tense. Um uh, you know, an hour and a half of being in a war zone. Uh, I, I really do think we need to be supporting our troops more. <laughs> I don't care what country you're in. We really need to support our troops more. And our troops is anyone who's willing to put their lives in danger to protect what your country believes in. Yep. Um, I, I really don't don't care what country that is. I'm not that patriot. Um, but I do think these guys really put themselves through shit. That's just from playing a little bit of this game. So if that tells you anything about how good Hell Let Loose is, uh, it really should. Yeah. It, it, it... Like a lot of shooters. And most of them are come out at the end going, Oh yeah, man! I can beasted that. I just ran around shot with this one. I felt absolutely ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you were partly to blame for that, but um... I mean, it wasn't my fault. I kept killing you guys. Like <laughs> shooters shouldn't have friendly fire on. Simple as that. You shouldn't have friendly. But that's so great about it, isn't yeah. it? It's it's all the stuff that you've got so used to doing in shooters. Yeah, it's little things like. like I, I threw a grenade I'm one LNG. time. I'm going to just plow all of these people in front of me because I know I won't hit any of my guys. Yeah. yeah. I can just keep shooting. Yeah, I threw... Oh, hang on. Oh, shit. I've just killed 20 of our own guys and hit no one on their side. <laughs> yeah, I threw a grenade in when we were playing um, at what enemies, but it hit a branch above me and bounced back into where there's like four <laughs> others. And that's when I died and killed Tom and killed like three or four of my own team. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Wasn't wasn't there someone at some point messaging you, telling you to stop yeah. throwing grenades? Yeah, someone messaged me saying <laughs> stop throwing grenades. Because it's something I'm so used to. Like, you're running along, and yeah. you on the map, you can see that there's people shooting. Like, uh, you can't even see that. Sorry, you can see, you see the fire. There's the different fires um, indicated with like either like a red tint around it or a green tint around it. Yeah. So you sort of red tint around the fire. I was like, oh, it's coming from that direction. So, this is the bullet coming across. Yeah, so as I was doing um, in, in COD, is I would just throw a, a grenade that way. Because like, you're like, oh, I'll just throw a grenade over there. Like, it's fine. Obviously, in COD, the maps are a tenth the size. I'm throwing a grenade <laughs> that, that way. And then it's least... like, you killed a friend and it's like, oh, man. Why are they yeah. running to my grenade? Why are they doing that? Like, <laughs> And then you find out there are no enemies actually close to you. There's only your own guys. And it's just they've got one shit hot sniper. Yeah. miles away just taking you guys out yeah no it, so we played hell let loose that's me you uh, and tom uh it's a great game but oh my god you it's a it's a proper shooter yeah and it's been yeah. um it's been updated recently and it looks really good now like it looks they had really a bloody nice. tank they yeah. didn't need to add tanks that just made my life so much more scarier. <laughs> yeah. You sat in a building, hiding from a sniper, and all of a sudden you hear the rumble of a tank come up the street, and you're like, well, that's it. Yeah, a little tip I'm for anyone dead. who, uh, who, if you do, do think about playing a game, uh, a little tip is turn the... It's called, like, body delay. It starts at 2.5, 2.5. Turn it down to, like, uh, 4.40. Basically, it, it made the game run really bad for me. What it is is it means that... 
the bodies of dead enemies and dead allies will be on the floor for two and a half minutes. Uh, oh. So you reduce it to 40 seconds. But obviously, where this game is pretty brutal, sometimes you'll load <laughs> in and there'll be like 50 bodies around you. And obviously yeah. the rendering process, that is like... I mean, I haven't got a bad PC and it was proper like... I was like, okay, I'm gonna so I put it on 40 seconds and it ran as smooth as butter. But yeah, just an idea for anyone if, if you jump in and you're like, wow, this game like is chugging, and that'll be why. But uh um, that'll be why, yeah. Yeah, but no, it, it is if you like your kind of hardcore shooters, World War themed, this is I don't think you can get much better at the moment than uh no. how it loose. I I'd be ready to it's all about teamwork, gotta be on a mic. Oh yeah, you've got to, to be. you've got to be interacting with someone else. Says I didn't use the mic because I don't like doing that in games unless it's with people I know. But there were other people using the mic, and I would follow their orders. And if you follow their orders, you are more likely to win. Yep. So Definitely. yeah, I really enjoyed that game, but I don't think it's going to be one I'll play a lot, <laughs> just purely because of the stress. Yeah. Um, I, I play games still. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is a stressful game. And it's one of those games that people who play it are super invested in it. Um, yeah. You have like one of the roles you can take is purely as a spotter. You don't even have a gun. You run around with binoculars and you basically spot the enemy and call them out. Um, but you need well, someone like of your team to do that. And it's just kind of yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, it is. It's Tom not a game for me. there was but... a role of command. Yeah, so you can watch into the game and you can kind of move around. Um, Am I still here? Am I back? Yeah, yeah you're still here. Um, you can move around in like a top-down view and uh, and call out like tactics basically, and everyone can hear you. Obviously, when you push the talk otherwise, uh, only your squad hears you. Um, oh, I think we might have lost Dan again, but he'll be back in. I no think time. I'm back. Oh, he's back now. There you go. Uh, but no, I was just saying the commander means everyone can hear you, but when you otherwise you push the talk, it means only your squad can hear you. Hmm. Um, but yeah very good game really enjoyed it nice nice uh, anything else we jumping on uh, I've you... also been playing um, Songbird Symphony oh nice cool cool um, from Joystake Studios and, and P-Cube who made the amazing Cat Quest 1 and 2 yep uh, and it's okay yeah it's a cute it's, little rhythm game right it's very cute rhythm game with this kind of Metroidvania-esque where you're jumping around as a bird and you've got to be like oh isn't that silly and charming uh, yeah I'm, I'm quite. I'm playing it on the Switch, which, as we've said many times, is probably one of the best places to play a whole load of indie games. Yep. Because uh, you just do it wherever you are. So I've been waking up in the morning, doing a couple of songs, bit of rhythm games. Some of them are stupidly hard. Yeah, they are. I play it on PlayStation, and they are. They, they. I was like, am I really bad at this, or is this just really hard? And some of them are genuinely tricky. It's, it's when the the buttons flash. So they so what you've got to press flashes in and out. Yeah. As it's coming down towards you. But it's not flashing in time with the music. So you're trying to keep time with the music while also having this weird rhythm played at you and it just messes you up. And you're yeah. like, oh you bastards. This isn't this isn't difficult button pressing. This is just messing with my mind. Yeah. Um, so but but it's enjoyable, it's a sweet little story. Um it's quite obvious the owl's the bad guy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel that's a spoiler. Spoiler, to be honest. No, no, I'm he not even finished the, the game. Guy. I don't. I didn't finish it, but I, I got that. I think I played like two or three worlds or whatever you want to call them stages. Yeah, uh, and then was a bit like I get the idea of this game now. I'm not 
I'm enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it enough to kind of carry on with it. So, well, it was in sale. I, I think it was like two quid or something ridiculous. So Jeez. I was like, I'll have that. Yeah. Um, Jesus. They do that sometimes, uh, right? Switch has these crazy sales. Absolutely mental ones that you're just like, I, well, I can't say no to that. I might not have any money in my bank account, but at that price, I'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing that. That's good fun. Um, it's, it's, I think. Um, Yoku's Island Express is a better game because they kind of feel like they're in the same sort of genre, these very cutesy Metroidvania-esque play yep. on these things. Um, but it's enjoyable. And also at the price it is at the moment, uh, you'd be stupid not to. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I've definitely. also been back playing Warhammer Underworlds Online. They just released a recent patch where you can play as the Skaven Warband, oh, nice. uh, which if you went to buy it, at the moment, because it was so popular and so powerful, it's over a hundred pounds by six minutes. Well, not six minutes. How many are they? They're five minutes. It's ridiculous. Really? Absolutely. Ridiculous. Can you so, not buy it new? Oh, you no, no, you can't. Oh wow! Games Workshop do this thing where they release a product and it's only available for a very short amount of time. Okay. And if you buy it in that time, brilliant, all fine. I mean, it's still quite expensive. Games Workshop, but then the price of it goes through the freaking roof i mean i've got i've got a box of um warhammer dark vengeance which i bought for 60 quid yeah now worth nearly 500 pounds jesus christ wow <laughs> and and i'm just like that's ridiculous yeah. i mean don't get nice game but 600 car dream yeah. on and but that's how games workshop do it by making it restricted it then goes through the roof in price uh, yeah. but warhammer underworlds online has now got the skaven team which is worth 100 quid uh, and I can play it, and they're brilliant. They're so tactical. They're so great. Nice. Um, and it's it's not going to be long now until they're ready to take it out of early access and bring it out there. I'm loving the game. It's really good. They're making some really good improvements to it. It was crazy glitchy when I first started playing it. Like a pro uh, when they only had the two warbands. Um, but now, really impressed. It's early access on Steam. Uh, if you do get it early access, you will get a whole load of alternative skins once it hits full release. And um, how much is it? I can actually check on now. Uh, that's a good question. How much is it? Was it called Underworlds? There you go. Warhammer twenty three ninety nine. Twenty three ninety nine. Yeah, twenty three ninety nine. Uh, I will put my money on that. That will jump up to about the thirty forty quid mark when they um, actually release. Yeah. Oh, it says there, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spite, Claw, Swarm, Blood, The Field. Is that right, the new update? Yes, um, there you go. And they're, they're just... They're horrible. They're very tactical, though. So when I first started playing the game, uh, I liked to play as the Orcs, because it was easy, because all you did was kill the opponent. Yeah. You're like, I don't have to think, I just crush. There you go. <laughs> Whereas these guys are very much you're running around, you've got to think about the ploy cards you play. In fact, this is what I was talking about when we talk about um, CCGs and deck builders. Yeah, they need to do something more. This, well, this is a is deck builder, basically. Right? This, this is... is a deck building game, yeah. yeah, but with a board game aspect of moving your miniatures into tactical positions. There's a slight bit of dice roll, which this game doesn't suffer as much as, let's say, for example, um, another Games Workshop classic, which annoys the hell out of me, but I love the game uh, Blood Bowl. Yeah, where the dice were always against you. Didn't matter oh, what you did in Blood Bowl, how yeah. you set things up, the dice would screw you. Your trousers would be around your ankles and you'd be, you know, gripping on tight, dear life. <laughs> but, uh, 
this game seems a lot more fair in what it does. It feels more like actually playing the board game. And I'm a big fan of the board game. I've got quite a lot of the bits. I paint the minis that you play. Um, and they're slowly releasing the cards. Oh, nice. So at the moment, we've just had, uh, I think it was back in March, we had another load of cards added to it. There were more recently that are just building your deck. And all of these cards you get. Oh, nice. There isn't a pack opening system. They're, they're your cards. There. You've got to build it to work with your team. That's cool. Uh, great. Really good. Really like the game. Um, I think, who is it? Steel Sky Productions are doing a great job of trying to transfer that into an online world. And um, I'll definitely be playing more. I'm going to wait for the full release before I really get into the game. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, because, I mean, I could try now, but they're changing so much and they're really working on it. Yeah. Very impressed. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that's it, because I've put nearly three days into Div. Yeah. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Tell me about I re- it. I looked at the hours played in Division 2 when yeah. I first went on, and I did like 18. I think I'm at four days now. Oh, God. I'm on. Um, I don't, well, I still feel bad, but I'm on nine days. <laughs> <laughs> but I played a lot with your brother when it first launched, and I yeah, played Yeah, you loads. played a hell of a lot um, more near the beginning than I did. But yeah. Uh, we should go on to some news then. Let's do some news. All right, so some news, guys. As we said um, at the beginning, obviously, not tons of stuff coming out, nothing really too dramatic or surprising, because I think everyone's a little bit in limbo of do we get the. I actually had someone from a marketing point of view. Asked me the other day, straight up, is now a good time to get my game out because everyone's at home and it's a chance for them to play it? Or is it a bad time to get my game out because people are worried about money and there are so many other things going out that people might not be willing to commit to a new game? And I was like, do you know what? I really... <laughs> there's there's pros and cons of both, right? There's there's like benefits of getting it out now and obviously not benefits of getting out now and... Yeah, I, I, I couldn't work out the best whether that was good now or not now. But um, there isn't tons coming out right now, hence why the news isn't too big. But anyway, let's kick on with it. Uh, kicking us off, Danny Boy. EGX have announced their 2020 dates of the 17th and the 17th to the 20th of September. Obviously, EGX Res was meant to happen in a end of March. It got postponed, pushed back, whatever you want to call it. It... Um, yeah. It's still not happened. It's now going to be happening in middle of beginning to middle of July. Um, EGX Res, sorry, EGX is the bigger version. has the AAA games there as well as the Res section. Do you think EGX Res, sorry, EGX goes ahead on the 17th of September? Uh, well, we've just been locked down for another three weeks. Um, it was the recent news. Mm-hmm. That uh, takes us into May. I think schools are going to be coming back in after the end of May when we've got the half term through, so they get the final term. So I think September is probably quite a likely, um, likely thing. So it's all going to depend on if we see an in- another influx. Yeah, if we get another influx of COVID, then no, because of course it's a mass gathering. Uh, so I, I think so. I think pubs, restaurants, and mass gatherings. I actually think they'll be closed until September, October. I, I that's just what I think. I just I yeah. think if you go on the schedule of in a month's time, 
the potentially, say, construction workers and uh, self-employed uh, can are allowed to go back out, like drip feed them out. They're allowed to go and work. Yeah. Um, and then probably another three, four weeks, everyone else can go out. You Then you're really looking at end of July, like August time. Uh, and then I just think that it's too, like having 200,000 people pass through one arena in the space of a weekend is just kind of like... I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's going to be very hard to justify why it's needed. Yeah, exactly. That I is think exactly that's it. the big bit. Whereas everyone else can be like, okay, we need construction workers. We need these people back. Mm-hmm. We needed this time to isolate, and I'm very much that we shouldn't be opening schools. We should be isolating until yep. we've seen a good, solid, clear period. We're still le- losing hundreds of people a day. So it's ridiculous that we're going through this. Yeah. But to then turn around and say, well, we're going to just have this fun event. Yeah. You're like, Whoa. I mean, no. e- EGX Res isn't going to happen. I'm I'm pretty confident of that in July. Yeah, like, that's in, that's July. I'm thinking that that's going to yeah. go in July. I just don't think it's going to happen. I I mean, no. the fact that like now sport will come back before any of this, and the main reason being yeah. because sport it, it's a, not a peace of mind. It's a distraction, right? People are genuinely missing watching sport on TV. And there's already, they've already announced that sport's going to probably return in the next six weeks, but it will be behind closed doors. But on yeah. top of that, your all games will be televised and you can basically choose what game you want to watch. And you can watch it. There just won't be a crowd there. Um, yeah. Which, and I think, fine. That's I, I, But like you said, an event where literally, like, games, um, Gamescom have announced yesterday that there there is no physical gamescom it's all going to be online i think i think that's where we see egx in the end but i don't know actually i don't even think we see it online because i don't think i don't mean it disrespectfully to uh the games network who organize egx but i just don't think egx is big enough to bring enough attention to an online uh community whereas gamescom is like the, the biggest european event like the third biggest event in the world for gaming but i think i think egx could be and i think this whole postponing it till september is a really bad piece of planning mm-hmm. what they should have done is say okay we are going to postpone it to september but we're not doing it here yeah right it's not going to be a gathering we're going to put all our focus and attention into making sure we run it online Yep. You know, if you come to our website, instead of saying it's available to download on Steam, come to our website and you can download it. You're going to get to trial a whole load of different games. You're going to get to see it played. We're going to have all these different people you can talk to who are probably going to be in their own home yep. doing these interviews. But we're going to get professional interviewers to talk to these people. They're going to share these ideas with you. Yeah. Because EGX, the big, the, what, they're, the EGX that people like, it's not the one I enjoy. I like Res. But the one that, that people like is the big one where they get to play games that have already been released. Yeah. Um, and and it's about trying those different things. Now, if you can go online and it just has an EGX banner next to it, yeah, that's what they want to be focusing on so that then next year or the year after, they can make the EGX where everyone is finally allowed to come together a bigger, more important event. But trying yeah. to go, oh, no, in September, we're going to get everyone together into this tiny little room which which because loads of people want to go this is yeah. going to be the big bit we're all being trapped in so long there's going to be a huge rise in the amount of wanting to do things mm-hmm. and it's it's a bad idea i agree 
I agree. Uh, maybe they could do it. Steam uh, for EGX Res. What they've done was they had a show, like a list showcase of all the indie games that you could have played there. What they, what I'd like to see maybe for EGX is all the games you could play there, but with like the playable builds that you were going to play as like a demo. So maybe having it on Steam and just being like, look, here's a featured page. It's a great way of getting those indies from the EGX Red section, like, f- like forefront with the big AAAs and being like, look, play the demo now. This is what you would have played at yeah. the event. Um, I'd, I'd really like to see that with Res. I'd like the yeah. guys in Res to be able to turn around and go, uh, especially the left field collection. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's where you see the innovative. The weird and wonderful shit. And the weird, just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. <laughs> here's a page instead of them their page which you see for res which is showing all the games you're going to be able to play yeah just links to maybe demos or their like yeah. steam page or itch.io so you can go and see these things because that's what it really is it's a gathering of these games you wouldn't usually go and see i mean i was looking forward to playing um uh king under the mountain yeah which has been been out for a while but you get to develop your own you're basically a dwarf building into a freaking mountain and it, it, you know i love that idea lord of the rings fan i get to do that shit brilliant let, let me into this let me you know I, I was looking forward to playing that there but i'm not going to get to do that because the idea of being there in july is redonkulous yeah it won't, but, it, um, it won't go ahead i don't think but, but let me play these things elsewhere and yeah. if i have to go through egx's website to go there which shows traffic to that site which is all good for them, which shows they can prove that they're a market moving forwards. There are ways of making money from that, which is obviously what EGX is really about. Yeah. That I don't mind going through their website to do that. I don't mind these companies knowing that I love IndieGate. Yeah. That's know. a good point. It's mm. a good point. Um, going on to the next piece of news, Dan. Uh, c- continuous theme, actually, today. Could it be the fact that we're talking about another CCG, or could it be the fact we're talking about another World War II game? Uh, Cards, the World War II CCG, uh, released in full 1.0 glory. Uh, That's quite not a shock for for, for card games, but actually going into a 1.0 release is a a lot less common than people realise. Magic the Gathering Arena is still in beta. Um, Gwent is still in beta. Uh, Hearthstone isn't in beta, obviously. The game's been around for nearly 12 years. Um, <laughs> but then, like, Mythgard, again, beta. Legend of Ruterra is beta. When Artifact 2.0 comes out, it's beta. And they just don't really ever go out of it. But Cards have said, no, we're 1.0 release. Uh, they now have seven playable um, different factions in the game. It's, it's, it's a game I've played a couple of times. I've played it again recently, um, going back to 1.0. Uh, I, I managed to play a preview build about a week before 1.0 released. And um, I was genuinely blown away with how much like quality of life and just general polish the game had received. Because I played it before the game was even out. In, an, in I played it in closed beta. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it's like super clear, super polished, real nice interactions, all which lean into World War II. The issue I have with it is I just don't really give a shit about the World War II setting. So I'm playing cards and I'm like, I don't know what this card is. But apparently it's very lore friendly. It's very much a case of, oh, if it, this card, this tank does this and that's kind of what it would have done in the real world, if that makes sense. So, yeah, but no, it's out 1.0, free on Steam now. Um, I think you, have you checked out cards? Yeah, I've played cards. Do you enjoy- I was uninspired. Yeah, I, th- I I did think it looked it is a 
good looking game. Yep. But it's just another one of these CCGs where you're like, as as I as I was talking about earlier before actually about Chroma. Yep. It's we need more from these games now. It's not just good enough to come out with a card game. Yeah. Especially one with that we're playing online. Yeah. It's very quick that I'll see the same decks. I'll be doing the same thing and, and I, I need more. Yeah. If anyone yeah, no, I'll I, get bored I, pretty I do, damn quick. I do what you mean. If anyone's wondering uh, what's different about cards is it plays into the world war setting with a frontline and backline interaction uh, on the board. Basically means certain cards can be played frontline, certain cards play backline, like artillery cards play backline, but they can't be attacked unless there's a plane. And it's all very, as I said, it's law friendly. Isn't that the same as Gwent? No, Gwent. And many to, other games so, that have different lines. No, Gwent. Berserker. So Gwent in um, in in Witcher Three, which is OG Gwent. Did no, 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 no. I'm talking about the card game. Yeah, no, Gwent, as in Gwent in Witcher Three, which obviously inspired from that. The card game Gwent in Witcher Three. Uh, that's where that came from. It was three lines. There was a melee line, a range, uh, mid-range line, and then a, a back line. And cards were locked to lines. But now modern Gwent just has it has two rows, and you play cards pretty much wherever you want. There are a couple of cards that have benefits of playing on different different rows. So but... it's like Gwent. You have two rows, and where you play them have different benefits. I mean, yeah, you have two rows, but that's the only similarity of of it in terms of Gwent doesn't lock but where cards. you play them have benefits. Oh, like probably one in twenty cards have benefits. Whereas, yeah, whereas in cards it is a case of the card is either a frontline card or a backline card. Can I just uh, say as well, cards is a shit name. Uh, I don't mind it actually. Cards. Yeah. What are you playing? I'm playing cards. Oh, what twenty one? No cards. Yeah. Oh, poker. No, no, I'm playing cards. What? It's easy, easy to remember, isn't it? It's nice and easy to remember. It's easy to remember, but you have no idea what the fuck someone's playing. If I told you I was playing Magic. You know what I'm playing. Yeah. If I start playing Gwent, you know what I'm playing. If I start playing cards, do you know what I'm playing? Yeah. True. It's a crap mate. True. But no, it's um I mean it's got its it's got its niche little audience. Um and from what I know of the developers, they're they're very, they're happy with the uptake it's it's had. Um it had a world championship, which I didn't even realise when it was in closed uh, open beta. Um which funny enough, Adzikov won it, which is a, a big name from the Gwent scene. He went across there and played it and, and won the world championship. But yeah. If people like World War setting, if they like card games, then it's definitely something checking out. It's free. As someone who is a fan of World War Two and has read a lot of World War Two stuff, this is a hard pass on me. Yeah, this is just another dull generic. It just quite disappeared. Fair dues, fair dues. Um, I think the next one is going to probably get the same response from you, Danny boy. Oh, let's find out. Um, Pathia Games, which the guys who made My Time in Porsche. Oh yeah, uh, which is a game I genuinely genuinely quite like i know the complaints for it i felt were a little bit unjust but you know people saying the crafting's too hard because you had to go and get like five items to craft the car rather oh than God. just going yeah because you basically had to get an item you had to get items to then craft the like steering you, wheel oh, i have to get five things oh well no so, so, hard. So, the, so the way it worked was the thing is they were used to like they were used to minecraft where it was like get some wood get some stone and you made a go-kart whereas this was like <laughs> you need to go and craft the steering wheel you need to now go craft st- steering chassis you yeah, need to go yeah, and craft yeah. the wheels and people were like it's too it's too convoluted and it's like well i quite like it because it's kind of actually more how it would be but anyway it's very successful it sold over a million copies of my time porsche what's yeah. very surprising is their next game which they have literally just dropped as in yesterday an open alpha version, which they have stated with uh, a little side salad, shall we say, that there is every chance this open alpha version may get pulled from the store 
if it starts getting negative feedback towards the game. Um, and the game, what? yeah, well, basically because okay. because it's super early, and you oh, and I, okay. like, they don't bad yeah, advertise. You and I can play it and go, oh, okay, this is an idea here. But you get another person who plays it, who buys your FIFA and Call of Duty every year, and goes, this yeah. is broken. Oh, this is so bad. So yeah, but anyway, the game, which this is genuinely a bad name, Super Buckyball Tournament. Oh God, uh, yes. SBT as they're calling it for short, um, is has dropped a complete open alpha now. Uh, we played a game back at EGX Res last year, uh, which we yep. really liked. Uh, and the name is actually passing on me right now. It's in my Steam uh, library. So I'm going to try and find it quickly while I, I while you do... fill out in Sorry, between. I'm yep. just, I'll be back in just a second. Sorry. Downside of recording at home. Yeah. Um, back in a second. Sorry. No, it's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine, buddy. Um, but no, there was a. So there was basically um, Super Buckyball Tournament is a free v free cyberpunk um, sports-style game where the, the idea is you pass a ball around between your team and you've got to throw the ball into the back of the net. Um, it, it's nothing brand spanking new. The art style in it seems pretty cool. Uh, the game... Now, you, you could argue... Some people say, oh, the game goes into early access because they're trying to make money off it to carry on with development of the game, which is a completely fair argument to say, and it's why a lot of games do go into early access. However, this game is completely free, and the developers have said that at the moment, the game will stay completely free uh, all the way up until it's 1.0 release, or until it goes into, yeah, we're going to move into kind of open beta, and then it'll kind of build up from there. I'm still trying to remember the name of the other, uh, the other game that we played, and we genuinely did really enjoy it. The unfortunate thing was the game kind of just disappeared um and uh it, it, the servers were taken down pretty quick for it uh, and i'm really hoping dan can remember it by the time he comes back yeah super buckyball is um it's it's available so that what they said is it's available for free uh until the game fully launches and then i'm guessing it'll be a paid price or i don't know if it'll be a free to play game with monetization i, I yeah. feel like it has to be because i don't feel like this is a game that takes off paid um, perfect example is the game I was trying to remember is still Circus. That's um, the fella. And still Circus I was to is that as well. Still Circus is dead. It, it, the servers aren't running anymore. It was alive for about three months. No one played it. Oh my god! And it's gone. It's yeah. You can't even buy it anymore. If you if you own well, you couldn't download it anymore because it was a free to play game. Uh, it's gone. They they've completely cut all funding for it. And um, you click on the game page now. I'm literally on it on Steam in terms of the library. If I click on it. It says install, but it says community content, none. You can look at the achievements, and that is about it. There's no activity. There is literally nothing. If I go to the store page for Still Circus... How did that die so quickly? That was a good game. That had potential. Yeah, it did have potential. What did they not do? It really did have potential. Oh, here you go. No, it's, it's, so it's... How about that now? So it's... Um, if it goes to the, to the store page, November, 9, November 19th, 2019... Uh, they said that there's a new champion, pixel avatars, new stamina system, and more patch 0.8 detailed. And then after that, it's um, it's it's gone. You can't see anything. If, I think if you click on store page, it was your brother that actually noticed it to me. Um, and it said, where was it? It was somewhere in the announcements. It basically says that they are not supporting the game anymore at the moment. But um, yeah, it's all a bit odd. It just kind of went, <laughs> just disappeared and went. 
Uh, but anyway, Super Bucky Ball Tournament is kind of looking exactly the same as what Steel Circus was. So if you're looking for something to play with some friends, I've not played it yet. It's free to download now. Jump in, 3v3. I don't know what, what the player base will be like. I don't know if you can play against AI, but it's there. If you guys want to give it a go, then uh, check it out. Uh, next piece of news, Dan. Uh, Grey Zone. Sorry, I'm, I'm still in shock. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it is, Jesus. It is odd, yeah. It is odd. It was your brother that noticed it over me. I and mean, then he passed it on to said, oh, this game doesn't work anymore, by the way. It's, and I went to go play it. And it was like, nope, the servers are currently turned off. Um, yeah. But no, next piece of news. Grey Zone yeah. uh, launched a new story trailer ahead of its Steam Early Access release on the 30th of April. Did you watch the trailer? I watched the trailer you sent me and then watched a different one because yeah. I did not like the trailer. No, so, I mean, God. Why do people do this? Like, why, why, why do people do this? They released a three and a half minute story trailer, which I'm fine, get, fine. Like, you want to tell your story. But it's all 2D drawings and animation. And it's like, yeah. it's like I get, I, I get this, but the only time people are going to be invested in these kind of trailers are when they are already invested in the story. Like, a perfect example being Overwatch. When they released those, like, four or five-minute shorts of the backstory of each hero, people yeah. were invested in it. For an indie game, you we can't... We already played the characters. We'd had a go. Yeah. We knew what the game was. You we can't release more of the lore. a three-and-a-half-minute... Like, effectively, an opening game... And three-and-a-half minutes is way too long. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, as you said, there is a second trailer. And the second trailer actually makes the game kind of look more interesting because you kind of have an idea of what it is. Um, yeah, it's an RTS shoot 'em up with RPG bits going on. It looks like quite a good game. Yeah, it does look fun. See those bits, I was like, I might enjoy that game. I've wanted an RTS recently. Having yeah. seen the other trailer, I was completely un uninspired. I was like, yeah. I don't really care about this. If it wasn't for the fact we were doing this podcast, I would not have looked at the other trailer. No. And I'd have just skipped on and been like, yeah, that's another piece of shit. I'm not interested. Yeah, so if you if that's your kind of game, like the kind of it looks very old school isometric kind of camera style, uh, and with its presentation, be a RTS style game. Um, if that's your kind of jam, then definitely check out Grayzone because it does look interesting. Early access end yeah. of this month, but yeah, avoid the story trailer because all you, all you learn from the story trailer is there's something to do with slaves. That's all you learn. It goes on about slaves, 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 uh, and you don't see a single bit of gameplay in three and a half minutes. Right. You, you look at the Steam trailer, that's like 90 seconds long, and it's pretty much all gameplay. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this is what the then game it's is. pretty sweet, and you're like, yeah, go on, let's do this. I like this. I like how it's looking. It's yep. a nice bit of RTS. I like the idea of the RPG in them. And there were lots of guns and things going boom. Awesome. That's what mm -hmm. you need. Done. Exactly. And moving on then. Temtem, yep. the creature-battling <laughs> MMO game, has uh, released the first part of its spring update which is ranked competitive 1v1 matchmaking and leaderboards. Um, they said from the beginning that they want the game to have a competitive element to it. And the game is definitely more competitive than, say, something like Pokemon, where you can just kind of have one big guy and spam the, the attack. Uh, there's a lot more strategy going on with it. And it'll be very interesting as more Temtem come out, as people kind of, the, the player base picks up, to see how much the competitive ranked 1v1 picks up. From what I've seen already, there are some like, there's a niche audience of streamers who play the game obviously religiously, and they are already battling out among themselves for the top spot of the the, the kind of the leading, the, the best trainer in the land, shall we say. 
Um, but yeah, it's a nice update. It's a free update. It's um, if people are into the game and are at end game stage already, one v one matchmaking ranked uh, competitive play. Why not? I, I think it's amazing. I really do think what they've been doing with this because it's the one thing you always wanted with Pokemon, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like at my Pokemon team. I want to be in a ranked. I want to know how I would really go against mm. these tournament things. I, I think it's incredible that these guys have been doing that, and I really do think. Yep, two v two next as well. That'd be good. They're going to clean up so bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, oh um, my god. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, definitely, uh, and it's a fun game to play. It is a fun game to play. Uh, and the final piece of news is something we mentioned earlier, uh, and again, the disclosure that I am involved with this project. So take that as you will. But client Chroma Bloom and Blight uh, has launched a or got off to a very good start actually on its Kickstarter campaign. Um, it hit 30% within like two days um, of, of releasing, which is uh, for a target, considering a target is a hundred thousand euros. Um, the fact they got 30 just over 33,000 euros in the space of 48 hours is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, we spoke about the game earlier at length. Um, the story focused CCG there is a demo available now on Steam if people want to go and check it out um, and their main main selling point is the fact that they are aiming to have all cards for free to everyone uh, with every expansion and everything in the game but um, yeah that wraps up the news daddy boy uh, so going on to the final section game we a game we're going to recommend to our audience so obviously Different countries have different uh, processes or quarantine situations right now. I know some places in America are protesting and saying, no, we're going to go back to work on the 1st of May no matter what. And other places are being very good and sticking to the guns and saying, no, we can stay in. And basically what, what I thought would be nice is some people maybe listen to this podcast and be like, do you know what? I'm, maybe they're new to the indie game scene or maybe there's games they missed in the past. But it would be nice if we could recommend a game each and, and why I'd recommend that. The people can play in lockdown. Um, obviously, Dan's choice is completely his. The game I've chosen is available on all platforms. I actually haven't played all of them, uh, but I do have them on the Switch. Uh, I've played two of them, Ooh. and I'll get onto that with more more detail. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're gonna do. Shall I kick us off, Dan, and then you can wrap yeah, us up? Yeah, because I'm really you played two of them, but you can. Yeah, I'm so get, can I guess? Can I guess it's Banner Saga? It is the Banner Saga, my friend. Hey, yes. Um so I brought the Banner Saga a little while ago. Um it was on sale in game. I got the physical copy for the Switch. And it's a game I've been wanting to play for ages. Um and I started playing it about a year ago and then just didn't uh, so much stuff kind of went on, carried like come out, all that jazz, and I kind of got distracted. But I've been focused recently and been like, no, I'm gonna play Banner Saga. It seems like the kind of game that I now's the time to play it and so playing it on the Switch. And it's a game I fully recommend at the moment. It's a game that you can... Uh, so the first game's around about 10 to 12 hours. The second game took me about 15, 20 hours. Uh, but it is very much a story game. And the combat is is brilliant. The animation in it to kind of tell the story is amazing. It's very consequential. And all of your decisions carry on to the next game. It is effectively, you're playing through this overall 60 to 70 hour movie tv series whatever you want to call it over the course of three games where every decision you make carries on all the way through to the end um it's really well written as a story the uh the different characters are great it's just it's just a really nice game and i'm playing it on the switch where you can play it now i think it's actually on sale on the switch at the moment i think it's 25 quid for all three games uh on steam it isn't on sale i just checked it's still 55 quid for all three games on steam um 
But it's just a game to just lose yourself in. And it the, the way the story is in it, you can kind of play an hour, two hours at a time. And that's how I've been doing it. I've been case of, my wife said, oh, I want to watch something on TV. Brilliant. Okay, I'll just sit next to you while you watch your nonsense and I'll play some Banner Saga. And that's kind of how I've been doing it. Uh, it isn't a game. There are a couple of times I've been sucked in. I've played four hours at once. But it isn't a game that demands your time. It's a game that can be enjoyed kind of in snippets. Uh, and it's wonderful. It is turning out to be one of my favourite stories I've played in, not just indie games, in gaming. It's just a really nice story. Um, if you like Norse mythology, then it's definitely going to kind of um, bark up your tree. Uh, same as if you kind of like that, um, like traditional fantasy, um, like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. It kind of, again, plays on that very traditional fantasy route rather than like a, a more modern day fantasy route. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Banner Saga is a classic that you want to get sucked into. You will get sucked into it. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> and like I said, it, it, it's on PlayStation, it's on Xbox, it's on Switch, it's on PC. And it's a game that I just say to people, well, I, I'm going to be saying to people for the future, if you haven't played it, go get it. Like, wait till it's on sale. Like, I think on Steam, sometimes the individual games go down to like £4 each. So you could probably get them a really good deal then. But um, at the moment, if you're looking excited to play, it's kind of game as well that if you if you lived with someone who isn't a gamer, they could watch you play the game. You could almost play it together, like um, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know how you whatever your relationship status is or your family status is. Um, you could play. That's it. right. Be safe. Yeah, but I could I, like, I could play it with Sarah, and Sarah could help me make decisions uh, because the decisions like come quite quickly. The combat stuff, she might be a little bit like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit bored now. But the combat isn't too long. It is very tactical to combat it's kind of turn-based tile-based combat um but it's the definitely the story stuff and decisions you make you could definitely play it as a kind of a, a duo and it would be it'd be a really fun game to kind of play with someone who isn't a gamer and kind of share that almost rpg story with them but yeah danny boy what, what have you been playing or what's your recommendation my friend well my recommendation is... Cold War Zone! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Everyone must play it! No, um... <laughs> my, my recommendation is... The big thing that we have at the moment is is the social distance. We're all trapped in our houses and it's finding things that we can do together. Yep. Um, and, and for me, a big thing I miss is board games, tabletop games. Mm-hmm. And there are some absolutely incredible incredible tabletop game simulators online at the moment uh the two that come to mind are tabletop simulator and tabletopia which is the one i like uh where you can get together with your friends and play tabletop games do you need the games you chat do you, with do each you need other. to own the games though uh some games you do need to buy but considering let's say for example you wanted to play scythe which is an absolutely fantastic game but it's 80 pounds to buy the box yeah by the actual board game, it's eighty pounds. Whereas you can pick it up for four pounds, four pounds eighty. Oh wow! Okay, that's what I meant. So I didn't know if you had to have the. I don't know how it works. I've never done these. If it was a case of, do I need the physical box game to then play no. voice call with them? But no, you so don't. So what you do? Let, let's say, for example, so Tabletopia is the one that I really like because it has a lot of the the bigger, more classic games that everyone enjoys on there. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely free to download Tabletopia. Yeah. Um, and there are a number of games that are free to Okay, they're usually the smaller games, the quite simple card games, but then you can get hold of the more, the big box games, or the ones that everyone's playing. 
And they're all around this. Well, in fact, looking at this now, they're all Texas pretty much exactly the same price. They're £4.80. Um, and you can play these brilliant tabletop games with your friends online. It's it's a, it's a way of being social with your friends again. Yeah, about playing now. these wonderful board games in, in a very beautiful way. They're very well presented on Tabletopia. Tabletop Simulator is a little bit more rough, but they actually have fantastic selection of other games. They do vary in price on that side. Um, and, and you get to play together. If you, it, and it takes you all the way from your, your Uber nerds who are into your Warhammer 40k. You want to play whole tabletop game simulators. Of those, you can do that. You can do Kill Team. You can do all of those. So the more fun, you've got your Pandemics on there. You've got um, Ticket to Ride. Uh, what else? Hang on, let me have a look. Uh, as we go through the, the really good ones, you've got Descent on there. You've got all of these great games that you can come together as a group and play. You have your beers, you have your snacks next to you, like you would when you're playing a normal board game. Yeah. Yet, you get that whole feel again. It's not really about the game. The game itself, it helps if you know the rules. Well, I'm just reading that out with some a, of them. A lot of them are saying actually, the um, the the rule book is bugged. So a lot of them are saying what they would recommend is go find a a rule video on YouTube and then play the yeah. game. Uh, that's what yeah. I clicked on three different ones, and that's what they all said basically. Go watch a rule a rule guide. Yeah on YouTube and then come play the game. And then come back and play the game because they're, they're not great at that side of it. But then again, if you're already playing this, at least one of your mates is going to know that game or own that game. Yeah. yeah they, they're going to know that bit. And then you can come together, you can play it. Yeah, and there's um, demos and available can... as well. What's that? There's demos available. There's demos available of lots of the games, different ways to play. There's, there are lots of different object uh, options for you to go, uh, for you to go for. It uh, looks like having a look at this though is that um, Tabletop Simulator is fifteen pounds to get, whereas Tabletopia is free to get. You then just buy the games in there. Um, and I've, I've, it's just been really nice to be able to do that to do something different. Um, the the other one and the really cheap free one is get your mates together, play some D and D. Use Discord. Use whatever. It's also um, we need to D twenty. Wizards of the Coast and, are giving away D and D online for free now. They get uh, what the rule book? No, the, the the interactive one. They've given away loads of stuff for. They got they're, they're focusing back on development of D and D online, the game. Um, oh okay. And it's completely free now. Wizards of the Coast said no during this time here. They'd stopped development on it apparently, and now they are um, developing it again, supporting it again. Because uh, people apparently the uptake on it was massive. So, yeah, if you if you prefer an interactive experience than D and D online, which I think plays out a little bit like an MMO, um, I wouldn't bother with that. Get is... together with your mates, tell a story with each other, crack some beers, get to know each other. Just it's it's about socialising again. Yeah, I think it's the one thing we're missing. We're missing that chat with our mates. That that storytelling together. Just yeah. Play some board games together. Play some bits like that, and there are loads of ways for Nice. As a dice bear, obviously, I would be pimping board games. Yep, got to be done. Um, <laughs> got to be done. Got to be done. Indeed. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of... Uh, that's 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 us. That's what we have 
That's what we recommend to people. Um, I'd like Dan's idea of the uh, of the, the online board game. It's something really cool. Um, if 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 that's your jam, then that's your jam. There are lots of ways of doing it, as Dan said. Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator is that the other one? Tabletop Simulator. There are there are more than others ones there. Or as I said, get yourself like the. I think they've just reduced the the introductory book for Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. The, the starter set. Get that sent to you by Amazon, and then just play a game over Discord. It do, you don't need to know everything to be able to play the game. No, I mean, even I played D and D. Just go and tell a story with your mates with a little bit of a laugh and a couple of cans of decent booze. That's don't buy exactly cheap it. shit. Buy nice stuff. That's Treat exactly it. Uh, nice. Nice. Um, well, that's going to wrap up the main podcast before we jump into our little Patreon section at the end for our, obviously, lovely patrons. Um, but everyone else, thank you guys for stopping around. Thank you guys for listening. Obviously, we're not available in video form anymore. We are only available in audio form, uh, which is kind of good anyway, given the current situation. So uh, we will be back next week. Tom will be joining us. We're aiming to actually release the podcast now every friday evening we don't always record on a friday we might record on a wednesday or a thursday it's kind of whenever we're free and we can record yeah um but we're aiming to get the podcast up every friday um from now on so this podcast actually we recorded on friday and it will be going live tonight but um yeah thank you so much guys for being here um it's uh, if you do want to catch the the post show then by all means uh you can over on patreon.com forward slash indie credible just one dollar a month all it costs to get about 20 to 30 minutes extra content. It's nothing really so of indie games, to be honest. We chat absolute nonsense. We did chat a lot of gaming, actually, uh, did, in yeah. our pre-show. Uh, but God knows what we'll talk about in our post-show. But anyway, thank you guys for being here. Big thanks to uh, to Dan for being here as well. Hey, and until next time, people, uh, you guys, just make sure you stay indie credible. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>